On today's Core Vision, I have a very special guest, University of Rhode Island's men's assistant basketball coach, Coach Kevin Sutton. Great interview with Coach Sutton. We talk about his college basketball career and how he ended up coaching after his college basketball career, going to high schools and creating great nationally ranked programs, and also winning a national championship with a high school program. We also talk about his time coaching a Team USA full of loaded NBA talent, such as players as Brad Beal and Anthony Davis, and we talk about how he chose the University of Rhode Island. Great interview with Coach Sutton. Here's Coach. On today's Core Vision, I welcome on University of Rhode Island assistant men's basketball coach, Coach Sutton. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeffrey. I really appreciate this opportunity to be a part of your show. I'm excited to have you on. Um, I'm a big URI fan, uh, you know, growing up 20 minutes away from URI and love watching all the games, and I'm glad that you're on the staff and happy that you put URI back on the mat. Well, you know what? That's just what I'm trying to do. Um, University of Rhode Island has had a great history uh, in the last five years and under Coach Cox uh, um, this past year. Um, we're excited to, to get started and and have another successful season. So I'm really excited to be at the University of Rhode Island uh, on David Cox's staff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited for you to be a part of it and, you know, excited for the season to get underway. I bet you are too. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> but, Coach, I got, the first thing I start is, you know, at what age did you know basketball was your sport? Um, around 12, um, I was very fortunate to, to grow up in the, the Washington, D.C. area, Falls Church, Virginia in particular. And uh, I played both football and uh, basketball. Um, and so at the age of 12, uh, I really uh, identified basketball as being the sport that I truly had the most passion for and the most love for. So I would say age 12 was when I uh, identified basketball as uh, the sport of choice for me. Did you have a player that you like idolized growing up? Um, I actually did. Um, so growing up in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, you know, that's uh, where Georgetown and the University of Maryland is. And, then, you know, I watched the ACC uh, an awful lot. And uh, like I said, I was a big University of Maryland fan. And, uh, you know, Mo Howard was a player that I, uh, you know, idolized um, as well as Brad Davis, you know, and then, of course, Phil Ford when he was at Carolina running a four-corner offense. So those are guys that I kind of, you know, uh, try to emulate um, and, and idolize when I was growing up. But, um, you know, then later on, uh, I became a, a huge Magic Johnson fan. Oh, wow, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, Magic Johnson's uh, one of those big names that everyone everyone knows and was that idol, was became that point forward that, you know, uh, changed the game. Yeah, he definitely revolutionized the game of basketball with his ability to, to pass it, you know, with the size that he has, you know, uh, you know, and the dribbling skills that he possessed, he definitely revolutionized the game of basketball. Yeah, I was unfortunately I didn't grow up to see him play, but I have seen a lot of documentaries about him and Bird, obviously, because those two are always connected. And no matter what kind of conversation that you have, and it's it seems like they both had changed the game, especially Magic just being like a six-eight point forward and who played center too in a finals game. Oh, absolutely, they uh, together uh, kind of. Uh, you know, <laughs> revitalize the NBA and, uh, you know, with Magic on the West Coast and Larry Bird on the, here on the East Coast, uh, you know, they brought, like I said, brought about a, a, a lot of great basketball rivalry. Oh, yeah, definitely. How did you decide to go to James Madison? Um, so, again, I was very fortunate to grow up in, in the, uh, the Washington, D.C. area, which still is uh, one of the hotbeds for, 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 for basketball. And, some of the players that I played against were, uh, you know, Tommy Amaker, the head coach at Harvard University, Johnny Dawkins, the head coach of, you know, Central Florida, Michael Jackson, who played at uh, Georgetown, wow. uh, Billy King, who played at Duke. So uh, we grew up uh, playing basketball, and, you know, we were all recruited, and uh, we played on the a in a an AAU team that uh, actually won the 17 and under nationals uh, down in uh, Conway, Arkansas. And we beat Del Curry, um, Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry's dad, and uh, and we uh, so we all grew up and we all recruited and had an opportunity and 
and I went to Flint Hill uh, School, preparatory school, and played a high level of basketball it was in 1983, and we were nationally ranked. So we were, again, we were all recruited, and James Madison did a tremendous job of recruiting me. I was very fortunate enough to receive offers from George Mason University, University of Richmond, Virginia Tech, and James Madison. And I chose James Madison because it was the right place for me. I felt most comfortable when I visited there. It was two hours away from home um, in Harrisonburg in central Virginia. And being two hours away from home, it was uh, far enough away to be uh, independent uh, and close enough to be home uh, to my home to, uh, to get back home whenever I wanted to. And uh, I look at my time at James Madison as some of the most wonderful times of my life. That That's awesome. And that, that's a great decision. You know, I, I think you hit the uh, nail in the coffin on that one when you're two hours away from home. It's enough to be independent, but it's nice to be close when you need to be home in case anything happens or it's nice to just go home if you want to. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I, and I took full advantage of going home, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. especially uh, in my senior year. So, uh, yeah, you can't you can't beat those meals when you go home. So, <laughs> no, you can't. Um, and so, after your season at James Madison's over with, what what made you decide to get into coaching? Um, well, I, I always knew that I wanted to to get into coaching. I was very fortunate enough to have tremendous coaches and at, at the youth level. Um, my high school coach, Stu Better, is a Hall of Fame coach in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, he's uh, the only coach that has uh, won three national championships at three different high schools. Um, he's coached players like Dennis Scott, Kevin Durant, George Lynch, Randolph Childress. So I was very fortunate enough to, to play for him. And then at the same time, in 1983, uh, when USA Basketball, uh, yeah, I'm assuming USA Today, started the national uh, rankings, and we were one of the first high schools that were ranked, and uh, we had five players that ended up playing Division One basketball. So um, I, I knew that I wanted to get into coaching because, like I said, I had great coaches that poured into me. Then when I went to James Madison, um, I was, uh, you know, a leader on the team, you know, organized the games. I was a student of the game. And then I would um, also, in my junior and senior year of college, I would commute back home to coach my high school team in the summer and so i got bit by the bug um, and my college coach john thurston knew that i wanted to get into coaching and then when i was about to graduate he offered me a position on his staff as a student assistant coach and then he put me on my career uh, career path and then i've never looked back that's that's amazing that's that's awesome it's it's uh it's crazy how quickly because i coach basketball too it's crazy how quickly you can catch that bug and that feeling that you get when you're coaching and you know, just, you know, being a part of the game still and watching others get joy out of it is probably one of the best parts of it. Uh, absolutely, especially when you uh, have uh, good coaches that are, you know, not just, you know, coaching the sport, but they're using the, the sport to teach you about life and it impacting your life in a positive way. Um, it is very easy uh, to get bit by the bug and want to stay a part of the game, like you said, in some capacity. And coaching has always been the, the capacity that I wanted to be a part of um, so I could have the most impact uh, on the student athletes that, uh, that I coached. Yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine that I've, I've looked at your, your resume of coaching student athletes and you have one hell of a accolades of players that have coached, <laughs> but. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, I saw one of them. I was like, this is, this is nuts. Um, but uh, Montrose Christian, I hope I said that right. Um, Montrose. Montrose. Montrose yeah, Montrose. Mm -hmm. All right. Montrose Christian. The team is number two nationally ranked amongst high school teams. Uh, what was that team like? And did you have any McDonald's All-Americans on that team? That's a great story. Um, so just giving you a little backstory on there. Um, in 1998, um, Montrose Christian came uh, and offered me the position. And I uh, turned it down uh, initially. I wanted to stay at St. John's at Prospect Hall, where I was an associate head coach for Stu Better. And we had an outstanding team coming back. We had, in 1997, we finished 25-1 and, and lost uh, one game at the buzzer. And we returned to most of the players. And I thought we had a realistic chance of winning a, an overall national championship by going undefeated in 1998. And uh, we did. Uh, Jason Capel was uh, a senior on that team. And he was a McDonald's All-American on that team. Damian Wilkins who uh, um, was a junior, and we had a kid by the name of Sherrod Teasley, 
and we had a really good uh, you know team, and we went uh, 25 and 0 and won the the USA Today National Championship, um, and we beat Oak Hill in the, the Dean Smith uh, Dean Dome. Um, so, and then in 19, once that season ended in 1999, uh, the following year, the Montrose Christian job came open again, and I was very fortunate enough to be named uh, the head coach there. And that's when I started my very first program and built uh, Montrose Christian in 1999. We went 32-5 and five and finished number two in the nation um, in Christian schools, um, and we finished second in the state of Maryland in private schools. And uh, I, I, I inherited a, well, actually, I, I assembled <laughs> a, uh, a really good team. Uh, Marvin Lewis was a junior, was my second leading scorer, and Marvin uh, went on to play and start four years at Georgia Tech and was captain of the team, and now he is the associate athletic director at Georgia Tech. A kid named Jason Conley was a senior, went to VMI uh, and led the nation in scoring for a year and then transferred to Missouri. Uh, as we have some other really outstanding players, Rob Monroe, who went to Quinnipiac and scored over 1,500 points. Um, so we went 32-5, and five and we laid a foundation for the Marshalls Christian program. And then in 2009, I left um, and went to Old Dominion University. And then Stu Vetter came and took over the Marshalls Christian program and built it into the, the power and won a national championship. You know, so that's the story behind the Montrose Christian team. And to answer the question, no, we did not have any McDonald's All-Americans on that team, but we had some outstanding student-athletes and young men that have gone on and done, done some tremendous things. Wow, yeah, it sounds, that sounds amazing. Um, what's it like, you know, for people who don't know, like when you have a nationally ranked high school team, um, do you guys play against like other – how does that work? Do you play against other nationally ranked high school teams or do they go by strength of schedule? How does that work? Um, well, no, um, you know, you know, uh, back then it was, uh, primarily you, you played against, you know, the top teams, uh, in tournaments. Um, we were an independent, uh, which enabled us the opportunity to travel yeah. and play in such places like, uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, play in, you know, Fort Myers, Florida, play in all of the, the, the hoop hall in, in Massachusetts and all the big tournaments where the, you, you, you probably compete against some of the best teams, where without question, you compete against the best teams in the country. So um, USA Today ranked the teams, and then you uh, end up at the end of the year, uh, they have a final poll, uh, and then they, they crown their national championship through their final poll. Subsequently now, um, you have the GEICO, uh, well, I'm sorry, the Dicks national champion. Um, which is sponsored by Dick Sporting Good, and they have a, a true national championship uh, a tournament held at the end of the year, actually uh, the same weekend as the uh, college um, Final Four. So they actually compete for a championship uh, in an actual game. Wow, that's that's crazy. I, I never I never knew that. Um, I, you know, I, I coached in Connecticut, so I know about like you know the Connecticut states and. Mm-hmm. Stuff, but I never knew um, about – I didn't know how the nationally ranked system worked itself for high school teams. Yeah, it's, it's something that has, you know, continued to grow. Um, not every state is a participant, uh, but majority of the states are, are participants, and, you know, they have a selection process, and they have come up with some outstanding, uh, you know, teams. You know, last year IMG Academy wanted – and. Uh, my you know, former program, Montford Academy, has won it several times. So it's something that uh, you know, a lot of high schools are like are becoming more and more involved in. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, that's crazy. I know I, I it's crazy how much um, high school players are now getting so much, you know, uh, recognition just through social media and how those terms are probably getting more recognition through social media itself. It's, it's wild to me that I look at a kid's followers on Instagram. That's a high school player, and he has more followers than any actor or actress that I, or you know, you see or hear of in movies. Yeah, it's uh, the social media is a is a double edged sword. You know, it's something that you have to continue to educate your student athletes on how to successfully handle uh, social media uh, because it can be uh, a blessing as well as it can be a curse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. You got to watch out what you post and. You know, you might get a you might get a lot of followers, but you have to be careful what you say or do anything on that. Absolutely, 
Yeah. Absolutely. It takes a lot of it takes a great deal of responsibility. It takes a level of maturity um, to be able to to navigate the you know social media and handle so to handle the social media piece. Um, on one hand, like I said, on one hand it's a great thing, and on another hand it can be very detrimental if you say the wrong thing or post the wrong thing because everything is out there and also is instantaneous. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. And people will pick up on it right away, especially the news or anything like that. So you got to be careful. absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so you would, you would mention, mentioned too, um, that you made the transition to old, old dominion. Uh, what was, what was it like going to old dominion? What was that transition like leaving high school and going back to the college level? Um, it was, it was very easy. I had, I was very fortunate again, um, in my coaching career to, uh, to go and work with, uh, an outstanding coach, uh, Jeff Capel senior, um, and he was the head coach at Old Dominion. Again, his son, Jason Capel, plays for me in high school. So I was very, uh, had developed a relationship with the Capel family. Um, and so um, Coach Capel was the head coach at Old Dominion, offered me a position, uh, a full-time coaching position on his staff. And I jumped at the opportunity because he's a, he, he was an outstanding coach. And more importantly, he was an outstanding person. And one that I had uh, a great deal of respect for as a person and as a coach, and I knew that I could learn a great deal from. So the opportunity to go to Old Dominion and coach in the Colonial Athletic Conference um, was a great opportunity and one that I'm really happy that I took at full advantage of. Nice. That, that's, that's awesome. And then what, what had made you go back into high school coaching at uh, Mac, McNamara? Uh, yes. Um, the downside of college athletics is uh, if you, you know, don't win enough, um, uh, they can, you know, you can get fired. Yeah. Uh, you can get let go or, you know, <laughs> so, you know, uh, we spent two years at Old, Old Dominion and then they made a coaching change. And so uh, when they let go of Coach Cable, that affected our whole staff. And being that I was from the Washington, D.C. area, I was very familiar with the WCAC, which is the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference and arguably one of the best high school conferences in the United States. So I knew that the Bishop McNamara High School job was open, and I had relationships um, with Marco Clark, who is the principal of the school, and uh, another really good friend of mine, Bill Whitaker, who at the time was the assistant coach at Gonzaga, um, really uh, pushed and helped me get the Bishop McNamara job. And uh, so to go back there and compete against schools like uh, the Matha Catholic, like St. John's, uh, Gonzaga, Paul VI, uh, Bishop O'Connell, uh, Bishop Irish's Good Council, it, it was just tremendous opportunity. Uh, I say it today, and I've said it for years, it's like coaching, it's the high school version of coaching in the ACC. Wow. It's uh, every, every night is a very tough game. And so Bishop McNamara was a tremendous opportunity to come back to the high school level and coach in the best conference, high school basketball conference in the country. Wow, that's that's crazy. And face who are like future college stars or NBA stars, it sounds like it's a tough division to play in if you're... <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, um, the, the, the type of players that come out of the Washington, D.C. area, just to give you an example... When I was the head coach at Bishop McNamara High School, my high school uh, had in a five-mile radius was the rec center where uh, Taiwan Lawson uh, learned how to play basketball and grew up. Uh, and in a five-mile radius was Kevin Durant. Uh, in a five-mile radius was Michael Beasley. All three played in the NBA. Uh, and then guys that were in the seventh grade at that time were Chris Wright, who had a great career at Georgetown, has continued to play professionally. Yeah. Austin Freeman, who just retired from playing over in Europe, who had a great career at Georgetown. Um, Adrian Bowie, who went to the University of Maryland. So it was a, a lot of talent. Nolan, Nolan Smith, who is an assistant coach at Duke, uh, and, and Dante Cuttingham, who's in the NBA, and the list goes on and on, you know, uh, Dwayne Anderson. Uh, <laughs> so there was an awful lot of talent in, in, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. So um, coaching at Bishop McNamara, like I said, uh, you were able to uh, recruit out of eighth grade. And I spent so many times uh, in, in gyms just watching future talent that it was amazing. And I, I shared a story with uh, 
you know, anytime anyone asked me, uh, I, I saw Taiwan Lawson play 60 times in eighth grade and once were once to evaluate and 59 were to, uh, for pleasure. Oh my God. That that's nuts. That that's crazy to see that much talent to grow up. Like, you know, just to be in that area and the coach against and try to recruit. Uh, and that's wild that you got to see them play that much as young, as mm-hmm. young kids growing up. And now look at them. Yeah. I mean, so excellent players or had great careers in college and went on the great, do great things. All those names that you named, I, I remember all those names too. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I did not know they all came from the Maryland area, the DC area. Yeah, they came from what we affectionately know as the the DMV, which is the the district Maryland in Virginia. That that's nuts. And then, what made you switch to Montverde Academy? Um, my Montverde experience was uh, a vision and a dream uh, that I had 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 been you know fostering in my mind and for years and in my heart. And, uh, and I tell people all the time that I'm the guy who left Taiwan Lawson after his freshman year, knowing that full well he was going to eventually be a McDonald's American, which he was, knowing full well that he was going to end up, you know, going on to play uh, in a high major, which he did at North Carolina, and also knowing that he could eventually be a pro. And he accomplished all those things. But going to Montverde was was important. You know, it was a great time in my life. It was uh, a vision that I'd had, uh, like I said, in my in my mind of how I wanted to build the program. And Bishop McNamara really helped me uh, because I was, like I said, competing against some of the best high schools, you know, in the country uh, on a, in a, every on a night in and night out basis. But it prepared me, um, and also having to fall back on my experiences of watching. And working ten years with uh, you know Coach Stu Vetter, um, how he built you know program after program, I wanted to have an opportunity to, to build my own program, actually which would be my third program, Montrose Christian being the first, Bishop McNamara being the second, then going to Montverde, where it was one an international private boarding school, second it was in Central Florida, third it had resources. And fourth, um, the headmaster and I had a prior relationship, and he was committed and wanted to build a nationally ranked program, and he sought me out. And so the opportunity to go there and build my ideal program was the challenges I was looking for at the time. Oh, wow. And, like, so you develop a nationally ranked program. Uh, You win 2007 Hoops.com national title, and you have three high school All-Americans, like, how did you go about creating such a program and building a foundation for this? Did you? Uh, how much recruiting did you have to do? Like, what? How did you get the players that come down to Central Florida? Um, well, uh, first and foremost, um, I had built a, at that time. I had built a, a, a reputation in the high school coaching ranks as one a, uh, a, a player development. You know, I had developed a lot of players, developed several McDonald's All-American. And also I had developed a, a reputation of being a very good coach. Um, and so the opportunity to go to Montverde, again, it was an international private boarding school. So I had already had coached and developed international players, so I had those international relationships. So to get a player to come from, you know, Cameroon, Africa, uh, Nigeria in Africa or you know, Lithuania, uh, I had already had those experiences. I'd already coached those international players before. So now to bring them to an international school, they would fit in seamlessly. They wouldn't be sticking out like they had been in other schools that I had coached. Secondly, uh, it was a boarding school. So it was dormitories. So it was an easy sell for me to have a, to talk to a parent from uh, an international parent as well as a domestic parent to say, hey, um, I would love for your son to come play for me and he will be staying in a dorm. In the prior other schools that I coached at, Bishop McNamara and, you know, Montverde, excuse me, Montrose, those were private day schools. So if I were brought in an international player or a, a player from outside the area, I would have to find, you know, families for them to live with. So it was an easy sell from, from that vantage point. And third, um, you know, coming to, you know, Orlando, they had, uh, excuse me, coming to, 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 to the state of Florida. The state of Florida has a tremendous amount uh, of athletes, um, but uh, the 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 coaching at the time down when I when I came down to, to Florida wasn't at such a high level 
football is in baseball, you know, those sports and soccer were, you know, uh, top tier, you know, and basketball was, you know, wasn't taught as equally as a high level. And so I just saw it as a as fertile ground to go down there to do what I have been doing for years and bring the model from the, from the, the, all the people that I had learned from and the, and the programs that I had built and bring it to Florida. It was, I, I just knew we, we would be successful and it wouldn't take us very long. That's awesome. That's crazy too. That's, that's amazing that you're able to do that. And, you know, I, I can tell that you have, I mean, we're halfway through like, you know, talking about your career of coaching in high school and stuff like that. You definitely have one hell of a career of guys that you've coached and everything like that. But that's wild that you were able to build a program and you already had these connections and you're able to bring it in and a boarding school definitely helps out. Um, what was it like winning the 2007 uh, hoops.com national champ national title? Like what was that run like? Uh, it was tremendous. I mean, it was the culmination. I was in year four uh, of, of the program and uh, on that particular team, we were very, very, very talented, and we were very deep. Um, and the 15 players that I had on that team all eventually went on to play collegiate basketball uh, on scholarship, and they all uh, earned their degree. But it was a, it was it was a, it was a great team. They um, had great synergy. Uh, they cared deeply, and still can still care deeply about one another. And they pushed all their chips to the center of the table and they really believed in what we were doing and what we were building. And uh, then once they believed in what we were doing and how we were going to do it, uh, they bought it and they bought in and, and they established themselves as the, the, the yardstick from which the other teams were always measured because they were great people, first and foremost. Second, um, of those 15 players, um, nine were on the honor roll and then the other six were on the uh the i, I would say the b honor roll so the nine the, the nine were on the a honor roll and then the, the other six were on the b honor roll so i guess you would say all 15 were on the honor roll <laughs> one form or another and, and they were all um you know pillars in the community like i said and, and then they all loved the game of basketball and uh they all competed, and we played a tremendous schedule. We took on all comers, and uh, we were very fortunate to uh, to go 30-0 and uh, win the uh, first national championship in Montford Academy history. That's that's crazy. And who did you play in the finals? Um, we played on the road. We went to Richmond, Virginia to play uh, Benedictine, um, coached by Sean McAloon who had a player named Ed Davis who went on to Carolina yep. and Sean McAloon now is the head coach of IMG who last year won the uh, Dick's national championship. Wow. That's, that's unbelievable coach. So you, so you like, you have this uh, reputation of just building programs and developing these big high school programs and getting them nationally ranked and, you know, developing these players and creating one hell of a player and like, you know, and coaching one hell of a players. It's unbelievable. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you, uh, it's that's a that's a hell of a talent. I mean, especially high school kids. Um, you know, getting them to buy in because I think at that age, some kids think they know it all, know it all at that age. But you know, it's it's crazy that you just have a way with kids and get them to buy into a system and you know, able to get them where they need to be. Well, like like I like I said earlier in, in our conversation, um. I was. I, I have always been fortunate to have great coaches, uh, not just tactical coaches now. Tactic. I mean, tacticians, uh, but coaches that really cared, and they taught me at a you know uh, at a very young age what uh, impact you could have. And so I knew when I got into coaching that I wanted to take a holistic approach uh, to development. And my programs have always been built around that approach. And when I say a holistic approach, I mean, I want to develop their character, you know, and help them become the best person they can possibly be and put them in a position, you know, to continue to, you know, reach their goals. I want to develop them, you know, as students. Um, they don't have to all be rocket scientists like my uh, 19, you know, my uh, 2017, my 2017 
Um, but they have to be committed to, to wanting to be the best student they could possibly be. And then I can take care of the rest by, you know, putting them in a situation with the proper teachers and the proper tutors and in, instilling them the value of education. So, and then thirdly, um, you know, the player piece, the player development piece is, you know, what I'm, uh, <laughs> that's the easy part. <laughs> I'm a basketball coach. So I know where, you know, how to make players better. You know, so that holistic approach um, is something that I take a great deal of pride in. And I, I say this all the time. I said, I, I, mean, I want to use the platform that I have as a coach um, to impact as many lives as I possibly can through the game of basketball. And while we want to win, you know, trophies and championships, and we have won trophies and championships, what I do uh, and I try to do best is to create living trophies. And a living trophy is a person that you pour in, a human being that you pour into, and you help them try to become the best person that they can possibly be. And you want to them to leave you uh, better uh, and in a position to reach their, their goals. Um, so I think that that's what I try to do the best. That is, I think, I believe is a formula for a good coach in any situation, no matter, you know, what you know, where they go to or who they coach, I think just trying to get the best out of your players as a person and make them a better person on and off the court is I think every coach lives to do that or should live to do that. And I think that's what makes you one, uh, a, a great person in yourself and B just a hell of a coach overall. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and then, so you were, I mean, you coach a team, the USA Hoop Summit team in 2011. Uh, this team was loaded with NBA uh, NBA talent. What was it like <laughs> coaching that team of like you know Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, Austin Rivers, Brad Beal, Anthony Davis, um, James McAdoo? What what's it like coaching guys like that? Um, it, it was a great experience, uh, one in which I had been prepared for because I had coached and developed uh, very talented players before. And then I had worked uh, with Nike and USA Basketball before, so I was very familiar, you know, with the level of talent that um, that I would be coaching. Um, and I was very confident in my ability, you know, to again, you know, impact lives. And and I was prepared for the moment uh, because I'm a student of the game. Um, so the 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 prior to the Hoop Summit team, I was was selected by USA Basketball to coach the U16 and U17 team, and we won gold medals and. Um, Mendoza, you know, Argentina at U16 and in Hamburg, Germany and U17. So for a two-year period, we were the best team in in, um, in, the, in, in the FIBA Americas, which is North and South America. And in 17, we were the best uh, team, you know, in the world. And then from there, those several of those players in that same age group and that same class of graduates made up the Hoop Summit team. So unbelievably talent, the future talent of the NBA um, at the time. And many of them um, are still <laughs> in the NBA yeah. and I stay connected to it all with most, with most of them. And I'm really extremely, you know, uh, you know, connected to, to Bradley Beal and he and I, you know, speak almost four times a week. And, uh, and, and I had the opportunity to, you know, to coach against Austin several times throughout high school, both us being from Orlando. So it was a tremendous opportunity to see, uh, uh, you know, to coach those guys at, at, you know, 16 and 17 years of age, graduating from high school and now seeing them, you know, playing in the NBA. And uh, one thing, Jeff, that, uh, that I will say is that they were all, you know, really good guys and they were all committed to, to being the best players they could possibly be. And they were very receptive to coaching. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing, too, because I can only imagine what it was like just coaching those guys. And that's even better when they're they're willing to accept the coaching and ready to uh, commit to your, your style of play and ready to commit to the team and win one for USA. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, coaching for USA basketball is uh, arguably the, the best experience I've ever had, you know, when you're coaching against, uh, it, the, you know, you're coaching for your country and then you're coaching and you're seeing other very talented players around the world and you can see that the game of basketball is a global sport so just having an opportunity to travel having the opportunity to, to be educated through travel having the opportunity to coach and compete against some of the best you know, coaches in the world um, 
One example is Roy Rana, who's an assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings. He was the coach of the Canadian team um, for the two years that we competed in, against uh, them in U16 and U17. So it's just been a tremendous opportunity to coach for USA Basketball, one of which I'm very proud of. Yeah, that's 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 definitely prideful to, uh, you know, you know, coach coach uh, our country and you know, and being able to coach against other against the world and that's that's a hell of a hell of a accomplishment to have especially you know doing a u16 u17 and you know taking that team too in the 2011 is just that's just an amazing feeling and to come out with gold and you know getting team usa the win and that's wearing our colors it's amazing it, it, it really is and I've, I've really met some tremendous people uh from usa basketball you know like uh you know sean ford you know don showalter you know, uh, B.J. Johnson, who's uh, the um, uh, general manager, assistant general manager for the you know, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kobe Altman is, you know, general manager for the, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so it's just been just tremendous uh, connections and relationships that have been built and continue to be as strong as ever. That, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, so with that coaching that team, uh, you know, those like that loaded talent of team, was that decision to help you go back into college coaching and going to George Washington, or was that just an opportunity that came up? Uh, it was an opportunity that that, that came up, um, you know, it, and I could say that probably had in somewhere in, in in the back of my mind, you know, like hey, you know, maybe I can do this at the collegiate level. <laughs> um, and so George Washington, again, being from the Washington D.C. area, I'm very I was very familiar with George Washington. So going there, um, and the two years that I spent there were tremendous and made some lasting, you know, uh, relationships uh, with the administration, you know, with the people at George Washington. Was able to recruit uh, very, very talented, you know, players uh, that end up winning in their senior year. Um, they, they won the NIT uh, championship. Um, I had been, I had left and gone to Georgetown at that point, but. The, the young men that were seniors on that team, Patricio Barino, who played for me at Montverde, and then he followed me to George Washington. Kevin Larson uh, was from Denmark and played at Montreal Christian for Coach Better. You know, Isaiah Armwood, um, Kevin, excuse me, um, Joe McDonald. Um, you know, those those guys played uh, and had a very, very successful careers at uh, you know, uh, George Washington, and I was really happy uh, to, to have a hand in getting them there. And then seeing their success as they won the NIT championship. So going to GW was a good experience for me and coaching in Atlantic 10. That's, that's, that's great. And what was the decision to go to uh, Georgetown? Um, <laughs> well, being from, again, being from the Washington D.C. area, I watched Georgetown and, and uh, was actually known as big coach. I watched him build that program and, and having a really good friend, uh, Michael Jackson, be uh, one of their, their, their national championship team. Uh, so I was very familiar. I, I played against John Thompson III while, he was, you know, while we were in high school. Yeah. And then I coached his younger brother, Ronnie Thompson. So I was uh, very, again, familiar with the Georgetown program and then having the opportunity to, uh, to be hired there and, and work at Georgetown University was uh, an and a major accomplishment, you know, you know, for me and an opportunity that I couldn't pass out. What was, and what was it like uh, making the tournaments, like playing in the tournaments there for them and like, you know, making the NCAA tournament? <laughs> well, we, I was there three years and uh, we went to post and play uh, two out of the three years. Uh, the first two years, we went, uh, the first year that we went to the NIT and uh, we played beat West Virginia at home and then lost to Florida State at Florida State. Uh, and that was a, that was an accomplishment, but that was not the the the, uh, the expectation was much higher. <laughs> so the following year, um, we went to the NCAA, went out west and played Eastern Washington, and, and lost eventually to to Utah in the second round of the NCAA's. And so Georgetown is a a program that is has high expectations. Um, and so getting into the NCAA's and, and advancing in the NCAA's is something that um, is what is expected of you. So uh, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I had a great time and, um, you know, wish we could continue to have uh, that level of uh, success and gone further. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I, mean, I always root for Georgetown. Um, 
you know, they're always a good team. Uh, like, you know, the great history there. And that's, that's amazing. You got the coach for a team that uh, you, you liked and being in the DC area who has a, who has a great name, uh, Georgetown. And what was it like coaching in the big East? Uh, very competitive. Uh, um, the big East, you know, tournament, I'm assuming the big East conference, um, uh, the three years that I was there, uh, during the, the, the change, uh, to what they call the new Big East, um, and but it was very competitive. Uh, Xavier was a good team that was new. Creighton was a, a very good team. They had Doug McDermott at the time, um, and Butler um, were all in the league, and they were new uh, members. But they brought uh, you know a, a good tradition uh, of basketball to the already powerful traditions of you know Providence, Georgetown, uh, St. John's you know, Seton Hall. Um, so it was really competitive, you know, and Marquette it was really competitive, you know, coaching, you know, in the Big East and uh, enjoyed it uh, uh, an awful lot. Yeah, yeah, I could, Im- I, I could imagine. I could only imagine, too, coaching in that tournament at, for the Big East, um, the Big East tournament itself and being on the Madison Square Garden floor. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, <laughs> that's uh, – you look at that and when you're you know, coming up and you see that uh, as you grow up and as something that, you know, wow, I would love to be a part of as a player. Uh, while I didn't have a part, uh, an opportunity to be a part of as a player, I certainly have had an opportunity to be a part of it as a coach. And it's something that I can be very proud of as well. Uh, yeah, that has to be an amazing, amazing feat itself. Uh, then you end up going to Pittsburgh. So what is your time like at Pittsburgh and like coaching in the ACC and playing teams like a Duke, a UNC, and a Cuse? Um, you know, P- Pittsburgh was a unique experience. Uh, the, when I was at Georgetown, I had the opportunity to interview for the um, uh, James Madison University job. And, you know, while I didn't you know, get the position, I built a relationship with the athletic director, Jeff Bourne. And one thing that he said to me was, you know, Kevin, you've pretty much done everything on touch every rung of the ladder. Um, the only thing you haven't done is, you know, coach and recruit in the, in the Power Five school. Um, so the opportunity came. Kevin Stallings, you know, gave me a call um, and gave me the opportunity to come to, to Pittsburgh, which is in the ACC, which is arguably the absolute best, you know, college basketball, you know, you know, conference in America. And so I, I jumped at the opportunity, um, you know, while we were there, the two years that we were there, uh, the whole university, of the, the athletic program was kind of in a, in a state of, you know, influx. Yeah. Um, the, the athletic director, you know, Scott Barnes took the Oregon State job in our first year. And then we, they brought in a new athletic director, Heather Likes. And, you know, we had a, an experienced team and then the follow the second year we had a, one of the youngest teams in the country and you know the the ACC it's a very tough and conference with Duke and Carolina and Louisville uh, so you can just keep naming off schools Virginia uh, Clemson Syracuse uh, Miami they're all night in and night out it's the best conference you know in the country and so we didn't we didn't win we went 0 and 18 and they, it was time for, for the, in their minds, after two years, they wanted to make a coaching change. And so they did. But um, they taught me an awful lot. And it, it helped me learn the business. I say all the time, love the game, but learn the business. Uh, but then it also you know, helped me grow as a, a coach because I was scouting and recruiting against the best programs, you know, arguably in the country. And certainly, uh, I would say at let's see, four, three, you know, at definitely three uh, Hall of Fame guys, yeah. and you know, and uh, Roy Williams, you know, Coach K, and uh, you know, Jim Beheim, those guys are you know Hall of Famers, and they're still alive. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it, it was it was it was very competitive, very very competitive in recruiting, very competitive uh, on the court as well. Yeah, I can I can only imagine what it's like going against, uh, you know, guys like that coaching against coaching against ACC teams. I'm sure, like for any coach that has to coach in those teams, I mean, you definitely those are games night in and night out. I think in that tournament play or in that uh, conference play, it's like you have to, you definitely have to get up and play against those games because anyone could beat you on any given day. Uh, any given yeah. day, 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy. That's that's and that's college basketball in a in a, in a sense. But like you know, in the conference play, it's 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 always a battle. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, it's it's truly uh, always a battle, and and it, and, and it prepares you. And you know, uh, again, it, it taught me an awful lot, um, and I'm really happy to to have had that opportunity to to coach in the ACC again. Um, being from the, the Washington D.C. area, and I've, I've said it probably too many times in this conversation. No, but growing up um, in that area, with that level of basketball, the ACC was a very, very strong conference. Um, so, so to have the opportunity to coach in the ACC as well as in the Big East um, is two tremendous uh, accomplishments uh, that I can say um, have helped make me a better coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can. I mean, you have a ton of accolades, and I can only imagine being a part of those two big power conferences had to be a lot of fun in the sense of just playing, coaching against those teams night in, night out on both sides, and being able to recruit players to come to your program must have been a lot of fun too. And seeing uh, you know top, you know top one hundred talent across the world play. Um, but now you're here in Rhode Island. So how does it feel mm-hmm. to be in Rhode Island, like the state itself? Um, how does it feel to be able to drive one and the state, either which way you go for an hour? It's only an hour or so, <laughs> different different time. But like, how does it feel to be in Rhode Island? I absolutely love being here. Um, we live in Jamestown. So, you know, it's a picturesque place. And it's, a, you know, it's been just a tremendous um place for us so when we left Pittsburgh when I say we my family and I when we left Pittsburgh to uh, pursue you know another job my wife and I sat down and had a conversation and we were looking for three things uh, this time around Uh, and number one for us was quality of life we wanted to raise our nine-year-old daughter in an area where, you know, uh, a school system that, that fits, her, fits her needs academically, uh, a community that she can, you know, grow up and establish some, some, some lasting relationships. And then also for my, you know, my wife, you know, she too can, you know, put down some, you know, some stakes and, and we have a nice quality of life. And, you know, the state of Rhode Island, you know, fit that bill right away in Jamestown has been a, a, that place for us. Second, we were looking for uh, to be with a guy that I had a prior relationship with and I didn't have to introduce myself or try to pretend to be something that I wasn't. And, uh, and so I knew Coach Cox from being from playing at St. John's High School and then you know, teaching at St. John's High School, being administrator at St. John's High School, being in the AAU ranks for playing, I mean, coaching with DC Assault, and then certainly watching his college, you know, coaching career. Interesting enough, we probably we've been at the two 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 spots, but not at the same time. We both were at Pittsburgh, and we both were at Georgetown. Wow. And so I I I knew Dave Cox and, and David Cox, and and I knew of him, and then I got to you know you know, know him better. And so to have an opportunity to join his staff and help him build his program is something that I, I am really happy that I, 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 you know, was able to find out here at University of Rhode Island. And the third thing we were looking for is certainly coming off of a, an 0-18 <laughs> losing season at Pittsburgh is I wanted to be with a team that had a chance to, uh, you know, to win conference championships and Rhode Island had just won, you know, been the back-to-back NCAA tournaments and won an, an A-10 regular season championship and won an A-10 uh, uh, tournament championship. Um, so I, I, I looked at that and I said, you know, I wanted to be a part of, you know, a winning program and, and, and one that was built to continue and sustain that winning. And so Rhode Island met all three of those criteria. Yeah, that, and that's 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 awesome to have you here too because you know we're excited that you know you know Coach Cox was part of that staff with Coach Hurley um, to help bring Rhode Island back on the map and you know he's carrying on this tradition now as well too and you know we're lucky to have someone with your accolades and everything that you you've done in your career to um, come be a part of the coaching staff at Rhode Island and help build that winning program and get put Rhode Island back on the map for basketball because. It's been a long time and it's been exciting the past few years. And it's nice, you know, for me 
to go to the games and to come in and see that there is a full arena and it's just not like what it used to be maybe like 10 years ago where it was maybe five or six people just sitting in there. Not five or six, but that's over-exaggerating. But, like, it's nice. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember. Jordan Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's it's exciting. And, I, you know, I'm very lucky to have connected with you and have you on my podcast because, you know, I, I'm happy to have you on and hear your career. And it's it's amazing. It's good for the fans, too, that they get get to know you, too, as well and who you are and what you can you bring to this, this Rhode Island coaching staff. Well, Jeff, I, I appreciate it. You know, I'm really happy that you took the opportunity to, to reach out and connect with me. And then uh, I'm really fortunate that you wanted to have me on your show uh, to, to talk about my career, uh, but also talk about why I want to be here at the University uh, of Rhode Island. So if there's anything that I can ever do to help you, please don't hesitate to, to, to stay in contact with me. Oh, yes. I appreciate that, Coach. That means a lot to me. And, I, you know, I'll definitely have to catch you after a game or before a game or something like that when I'm, I'm there. So I'm you can find me there a bunch of, at a bunch of games. So. <laughs> well, absolutely. I appreciate you. Um, again, looking forward to, to, to hearing this uh, podcast and, uh, and all your, your successes. Uh, thanks coach. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I got to have you back on sometime in the future and uh, go roadie. Roadie, roadie, roadie. Rams, Rams, Rams. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Take care, Jeff. All right, Coach, take it easy. Thank you again. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.